Well, good morning. Um, I want to welcome you to our final message on the Trinity. And um, if you're following us online or if you're listening to our podcast, I want to welcome you. And I want to thank you for, for joining us today. Over the last few weeks, we've, uh, we've taken some time to, to dig in deep on the subject of the Trinity. And uh, if you've missed one of the messages of the last couple of weeks, let me kind of bring you up to speed. What we've said is that, that learning about the Trinity, it's important because it gives you a better view, a better description of who God is. It's kind of looking, it's kind of like studying a sculpture, you know, you, you, you want to look at different angles of it to learn different things. And so when you study the Trinity, essentially what you're doing is you are learning about God in like 3D. You're, you're looking at different aspects, different descriptions of who God is. And so the second week, we talked about this idea that the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, they're one in essence, but three in, do you know it? In person, one in essence, three in person. And I kind of unpacked that whole concept. I think it was the second week or maybe the first week. I can't remember. Jesus basically taught us. He said, when you go into the world, make sure that you baptize people in the name, singular form, of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He didn't say in the names, right? He said in the name, singular form, of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And what, what I think he was teaching us is that the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they're one in essence, but three in person. So today, what I want to do is I want to finish the series on the Trinity, and I want to emphasize a little bit of the person of the Holy Spirit. You know, we, we talk a lot about God the Father, we talk a whole lot about God the Son, but the person that kind of gets left out is the Holy Spirit. In fact, that's the title of the message, the person least talked about. And so, uh, if, you have a, if you have a pen or a pencil, or if you have your phones, I want you to take some notes. This is one of those messages that I think it'll help you remember. It's been proven that when you take notes, you will remember um, information a whole lot better. And so, there's three things that I want to highlight about the Trinity, uh, a few things that I've mentioned uh, on and off the last couple of weeks. But what I want to do today is I want to give you uh, some biblical, I want to give you more scriptural backup, okay? I want to give you some verses. We're going to look at a lot of verses today that will help you understand um, three things that I'm going to highlight today. So number one, write this down. Each person is fully God. Each person of the Trinity is fully God. Now, some people may think, okay, if God is three persons, does that mean that he's a third, each person is a third of God? No. Does that mean that the Trinity is like God divided into three parts? No, not, not really. When you look at Scripture, what you find, and I know that this doesn't necessarily make a whole lot of sense. It's not something that you can say, okay, this, this, is, total, this is logical, this is rational. No, no, no. It, it doesn't really make sense. How can you have three in one, you know, and each one of the three is 100% God? Well, I, I want to kind of use a, a simple illustration to help you understand what I'm trying to say. I don't know how my iPad, I don't know how I can wirelessly 
get information transferred to this iPad. Like, like I don't know how I can play a movie using my iPad. I don't know how I can, I can download my message, my message and have all of my message notes. I don't know how I can listen to music. I don't know how I can do all of those things without any wires. I mean, just wirelessly, I can get all of that information. I can Google anything that I want wirelessly. I don't know all the details, but I know that when I turn my iPad and I click the, the little app that says Safari, I can Google anything and I can get pretty much any information that I want. And I, if I hit the app that says iMovies or, or movies, I can pretty much play any movie that I want to play or any song that I've downloaded here. And in a similar way, when you look at the Trinity, you may not know exactly how it works, but by faith, you can believe that what Scripture says is true. So let me give you a few verses. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Colossians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. Colossians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. We're talking about this idea that, the, that each person in the Trinity is 100% fully God. So listen to what this verse says. Colossians 2, verse 8 through 9. It says this, Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies. I think it's, it's so interesting that, that God's word is, it transcends our time, right? And like when God put this in scripture for you and for me, I feel like he was, he was giving us a warning. He was saying, look, there's a lot of things that, there's a lot of philosophies that are going to come your way. And you need to test those. You need to make sure that those are from God. He says, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies, or with high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world, rather than from Christ. Now watch, here, here's a verse. It says, for in Christ lives all the fullness, okay, so in Christ, that's the second person of the Trinity, that's God the Son, for in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. It doesn't say that, like in Christ, there's only like a third, okay? Or like just, just a part. No, no, no. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, each are fully God. So we should not think of God as a pie cut into three pieces. A lot of times people think, okay, this is God, and you have God the Father, God the Spirit, God the Holy Son, you know, the Son, the Holy Spirit, you know, and, and you kind of see it as a pie, you know, split into three parts. No, 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 no. If you study Scripture, what you will learn is that each person is fully, 100% God, okay? I hope that makes sense. Number two, second thing I want to highlight is there's only one God. Okay, you just said there were three persons. What do you mean there's only one God? That's an oxymoron. That doesn't make sense. I know. I know it doesn't make sense. And I've, I've given you some illustrations in the past, and I don't think that there's any illustration that I've ever come across that, that can actually, that doesn't fall apart in, in some, you know, and there's, there's nothing wrong with using some illustrations. Last week I talked about that, you know, the illustration of the egg or the water. You know, I, those are great, especially if you're teaching kids, but they, at some point, they kind of fall flat. Now, look at this verse with me, Isaiah. Isaiah 45, verse 21. I know we're kind of flipping through a lot of different passages, uh, but I, I want to cover as much ground as I can cover this morning. So what we're saying is there's only one God. Isaiah 45, verse 21 
I'm going to begin, I'm reading from the NLT, so I'm going to begin like the second half of verse 21, okay? Now, if you're following us online on the church online platform that you're watching, there's a tab that basically, it's, it says Bible, and you can click on that, and you can follow exactly the same version that I'm reading, NLT, and uh, you can follow along, just a couple of clicks, and you can follow us along. Um, I think most of the verses will be on the screen. There's a few that, that will not be on the lower thirds. But listen to what Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah says. He says, for there is no other God but me. Okay, this is God speaking. Uh, the, Isaiah wrote this, but on behalf of of, of the Lord. And so he says, for there is no other God but me, a righteous God and Savior. There is none but me. Let all the world look to me for salvation. For I am God and there is no other. Three times in that verse, he, he says, I'm, a, I'm it. Like I am God. There's no other. There's not another one. Let me give you another reference. First uh, Samuel two two. If you can't get to it fast enough, just write down the reference. First Samuel two two. This is Hannah in the Old Testament praying, and she says this. She says, "No one is holy like the Lord. There's no one besides you. There's no rock like our God." I can give you so many references, just to name a few. Isaiah forty four verse six through eight. Exodus, verse 15, 11. Deuteronomy 4, 35. Deuteronomy 32, 39. 1 Kings 8, 60. It's covered all throughout the Old Testament. Um, the Old Testament, you will see verses like Deuteronomy 6, where, where God says, listen, O Israel, the, the Lord is God. The Lord alone is God. Okay? Three persons, one God. Now you say, well, that's, that's the Old Testament, Pastor Alex. That's, that's old stuff. We don't live under the Old Testament anymore. Okay, let me, let me, let's flip to the New Testament, okay? John 10, 10, 10, 30, excuse me. John 10, 30. This is Jesus speaking, okay? I think this one is on the screen. Listen to what it says. The Father and I are what? One. The Father and I, I mean, it doesn't, this is the reason why he was crucified, because he was saying, God the Father and God the Son, we're, we're one. Like, there's no difference. Um, later in Philippians, Philippians chapter 2, verse 6, uh, the apostle Paul wrote these words. Philippians 2, verse 6, he said, Though he, that's Jesus, though he, Jesus, was God, he, Jesus, did not think of equality with God as something to cling on to, to cling to. In other words, so what, what the Apostle Paul is saying is, before Jesus came down to this earth, like, Jesus was 100% God. Like, this wasn't like he was a part God, he was godly, or he was, you know, like, inspired by God. No, 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 no. He was 100% God, and it says, though Jesus was God, not, not a God or one of the three gods, no, no, singular, God. Though Jesus was God, he did not think equality with God something to cling to. The, the verse continues, it says, instead, he gave up, Jesus gave up his privileges. We talked about this in prior weeks, how, how his role, each one of the roles of the Trinity are different, 
but it's the same God. They're the same in being. They're the same in attributes. They're, they're, they're all holy. They're, they all love. Their love is, is it's perfect, not like our love for other people. Their love is, I mean, their grace, their mercy, it's, it's all the same. And the verse says, instead, he, Jesus, gave up his divine privileges, willingly gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being, and then it talks about how he was obedient, not just to become a human, but become a servant, not just a servant, but obedient to death. And then at the end, the Bible says that God the Father is, is, is going to lift Jesus up. And it says this, it says that every knee will bow in heaven on earth, believers and unbelievers. One day they will recognize that Jesus is Lord. And he says this, and every tongue declare that Jesus is Lord. To the glory of the Father. Another one, John 1.18. John 1.18. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one, in other words, Jesus, who is himself God, is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. There's plenty of evidence like if you want some scripture verses, if you want, if you want to argue this point, like I don't know that there's any doctrine that, that can prove the doctrine of the Trinity as much as like what, what all of the verses that I've given you. So each person is fully God. There's only one God. Number three, there are three distinct divine persons who are co-equal and co-eternal. Okay, those two, two words there at the end are important. Co-equal and co-eternal, okay? One of the mistakes that people make is they'll say, okay, okay, okay. God the Father became God the Son. Great. And then God the Son, like he had to leave and then became the Holy Spirit. Well, that's wrong, okay? God has always been in God and will always be in God. Let me, let me clarify. The Trinity has always been in the three forms, it wasn't that like, like Jesus, when he was born, like, he, like that's where his existence began. No, 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 no. Jesus has been alive all along. They're co-equal and they're co-eternal. And so how, what do I use for proof? Well, man, there's a lot of passages. One of them, I think the strongest one is in Genesis, when God the Father said, let us make man in our own image. Let us make them according to our likeness. So there are three distinct divine persons who are co-equal, they're co-eternal. Okay, so those are a few things that I've been mentioning throughout the series, but I wanted to give you some biblical, scriptural backup. So if anybody ever questions you on that, you can point them to God's Word. Okay, so I want to highlight, I just, uh, just want to spend a few minutes talking about the Holy Spirit. The person that we least talk about. I don't know why, but it's the one that doesn't really get mentioned a whole, a whole lot. I love the fact that Vivian today, she mentioned the Holy Spirit in her prayer. Um, and a lot of times when we think of the Holy Spirit, we think of, we think of him as a, a force. And I know I've, I've kind of done that myself right? I think of the Holy Spirit as this, this force, this, this unbelievable force that lives in us. But it is so much more than a force. When Jesus left and the Holy Spirit came, it, it was into our hearts. It was, it, was, it was more than just this thing that can, that can do things for you, that can, that can strengthen you in times of weakness. It is, 
And the word I'm going to use is a person, okay? Let me give you a few verses. Jesus, in John 14, 26, he says this. When the Father sends the Advocate, that's the Holy Spirit, as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, He, watch this, it doesn't, the scripture doesn't say it. It's not it, like the, no, it's he, it's a person. He, the Holy Spirit, will teach you everything and will remind you of everything that I've told you. Not it, but he. Another verse, uh, John 16, write that down. John 16, verses 7 through 8. It says this, Jesus is speaking, he says, it's best like that, that I go away, because if I, don't do, if I don't go away, the comforter or the encouragers, those are all names for the Holy Spirit. The counselor won't come. And he says, if I do go away, then I will send him to you. And he, when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of righteousness and of the coming judgment. So the Holy Spirit is a person, not an impersonal force like gravity. Does that make sense? I hope that, I hope that makes a little bit of sense. Okay, let me, let me kind of put some meat to, the, to my point right there, okay? So not a, it, it's He, He, the Holy Spirit. Number one, He speaks. Hebrews 3, 7 and 8. That is why the Holy Spirit, pay attention to what it says. It doesn't say God the Father. It doesn't say God the Son, Jesus. No, it says that is Hebrews 3, 7. That is why the Holy Spirit says, today when you hear my voice, don't harden your heart as Israel did when they rebelled, when they testament in the wilderness. The Holy Spirit will speak to you. And he will, if you receive Christ, he will speak to me. It's not just a force that leads you and guides you. He, he literally will whisper. He will nudge you. He will, he will tell you what to do. I, I, I shared this on one of our, our Facebook Live on Wednesday nights, or prayer, time of prayer, uh, which, by the way, we're, we're moving away from that for the goal or with the goal in mind that you would join a life group. And I loved having you follow me on, on that platform. But my encouragement to you is if you're not in a life group, please join a life group. I know that you may think, oh, you know, right now people are doing things through Zoom. Some life groups are doing things outside and, you know, it's weird and all that. I know it's weird. But listen to me. The enemy is doing what he, whatever he can to, to put, 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 put us all apart, to pull us apart. And we're not going to let him do that. We're going to come together. And so as a church, what I'm encouraging you to do, what I'm challenging you to do is to sign up. Look, next week we're going to begin a new series, Unshakable. I'll talk about that at the end of the message. Um, each life group, or a lot of life groups, not all of them, it's not like, like um, you know, something that's like we're going to mandate you to do, but a lot of life groups are going to join in. And for six to seven weeks, I'm going to encourage you to join a life group. Just give it a trial run. If, you, if it's not for you, that's okay. You can, you can go to a different one. If, if distance is a problem, maybe you can join one of the life groups on, on, on Zoom and, and you can be a part of that. You need people in your life that you can, you know, preaching, listening to the word of God, fantastic. You should do that. I'm proud of you. I, I, I applaud you for, for being here and for listening. But I tell you what's, what's actually just as important, and that's being able to give feedback, 
receive feedback. That's being able to pray for someone else. That's being able to lift each other's hands and, and pray for one another, encourage one another. And so I encourage you to, uh, to do that. Okay, that was just a quick uh, um, promo for life groups. So the Holy Spirit speaks to you. Sometimes he'll say, go there. And it's a whisper. He'll say, make the call. And nobody else knows. There's bitterness growing in your heart. Somewhat he said something. They probably don't even know it. Your spouse doesn't know it. But the Holy Spirit is saying, you got to make the call. And you know it. Sometimes he'll say, give it up. Make the ask. It's, it's short, quick prompts that he gives you. Take the step. Be vulnerable. Be generous. He'll say, he'll say stop, or he'll say go. He'll, I mean, it could be a number of things. Uh, the, the, probably the most, the clearest that I've felt like I, it was the Holy Spirit speaking to me happened this last week. Um, we took a few days off, with, uh, went to the beach, and uh, I was with Katie on the last day before we got back. Um, I wanted to vacuum the car because we had sand all over, and so I just wanted to vacuum it real quick before we took the long trip back home so it wouldn't get everywhere. Now, we show up, we get to the, to the, the, the car wash place, and it was closed. But the gentleman was still there, and there were still a few, three or four cars, you know, vacuuming their cars. And I asked the gentleman, I said, hey, would you mind if I just take two minutes to vacuum the car? And I said, yeah, sure, go ahead. And he literally waited. It took a little bit longer than two minutes. Um, but it was Alex. Two minutes, right? And he waited. I don't know how long it was. Maybe 10 minutes. I hope it wasn't that long. And then I said, thank you so much. And on my way out, I felt like God said, give him a tip, okay? And in my mind, I didn't have change. And it was a large dollar bill. I won't tell you what it was. But it was like, ah, oh, man, I don't want to do that, you know? And I, in a matter of seconds, I'm wrestling, right? And I'm like, no, I don't want to do that, you know? And, and, and I even told Katie, I said, like, is this too much, you know? And the Holy Spirit said, no, be generous. And it's like, okay. And then lower the window, hey, man. And I gave him, gave him the tip, okay? For me, and I could be wrong, and maybe that wasn't, that wasn't the Holy Spirit, but for me personally, I think that was God, the Holy Spirit speaking to me and kind of giving me a little nudge and saying, you know what? Be generous. God will say things like that to you all the time. And you have to be careful and you have to discern and you have to pay attention to it because if not, he won't, he'll, he, he's not going to continue. If you continually denied him, the person of the Holy Spirit is going to say, okay, you know, it's like your spouse, right? If you ignore your spouse 24-7, at some point you're like, okay, this is not working, right? And so listen to him. So here it is. He speaks. Number two, he reasons, he thinks, he understands. Quick verse. Uh, Acts 15, 20, 28. It says this, for it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay no greater burden on you than these few requirements. So I won't give you the whole background, but the church was dealing with a, a lot of legalism, okay? And it says in this verse, Acts 15, 28, that it seemed good for the Holy Spirit. It's almost as if he was thinking about it. It's almost as he was just reasoning and considering what, what they were. And it says it seemed good for the Holy Spirit and for us not to put a burden on, on, on these people. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 10. It says this. It says, These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything. Even the depths of God. 
For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. So the spirit of God searches things. The spirit of God understands things. He reasons with you. He, 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 um, he understands that he thinks things. Number three, the spirit of God, he wills. He decides on things. He initiates action. 1 Corinthians 12, 11. It is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts. It says this, he alone decides which gift each person should have. So I was telling our team this morning, all of you guys have been given a gift. You know who gave you that gift? It wasn't God the Father. It wasn't God the Son. It was the Holy Spirit. And listen to it. I'm going to read it one more time. Whether it's your, this, you know, you say, like, what, are, what are my gifts? It could be the gift of hospitality. It could be the gift of leadership. It could be the gift of discernment or teaching or the gift of knowledge or wisdom. I mean, there's so many mercy, the gift of giving, serving, the gift of administration. And then the Bible says, 1 Corinthians 12, 11, 1 Corinthians 12, 11, it is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts, he alone, I don't think it can be any more clear than that, decides which gift each person should have. So the Holy Spirit will speak to you. The Holy Spirit will, um, he reasons with you. He thinks, he understands, he wills, he feels, he feels. Listen to this, Ephesians 4.30. I think that we have that one on the screen, Ephesians 4.30. It says this, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit. What's that word, grieve? It's the word lipeo in the Greek. It means to experience deep emotional pain, severe sorrow. It's the same word that's used to describe the pain of childbirth. And so God is saying, do not grieve who? The Holy Spirit, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. That's kind of what I was alluding to earlier. When you ignore him all the time, day after day after day after day, essentially what you're doing, you're doing kind of your own thing. The Bible says is you're grieving the Holy Spirit. And the last thing, and I'll close with this, is um, he gives you personal fellowship, gives you companionship. We talked about this, I think, a week or two ago. He gives you strength, comfort, all those things. And 2 Corinthians 13, 14 says, May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit. I was talking to Leah about this, and I thought, you know, it's so interesting how the Holy Spirit is more like us than a force. And I know that I've used that, that phrase, right? Like the, that word, force. But he's someone that's with you. He's someone that wants to be, like he wants to hang out with you. He wants to lead you. He wants to mentor you. He wants to help you if you're in discourage, if you're in down. He wants to pick you back up. And yes, it, it is like in my mind because we can't see it and it's not like I can touch him. You know, it, to me, it's, it's, it is a force, but it's so much more than a force. It is a person of God. It's one of the persons of the Trinity. It lives in you and dwells in you. And so I don't know where you're at 
in light of everything that we've been going through with the coronavirus and how it's affected so many families, I don't know what troubles you. Maybe it has nothing to do with the virus. Maybe you're dealing with something totally unrelated. Your family's in trouble. Your mom or dad are sick. I mean, you name it. I want to I encourage you to lean in. I want to encourage you to not try to do it. I, I, and I'm speaking to myself. I always try to do things in my own, in my own strength. You know, and I, I have to hit my, you know, every once in a while, I kind of hit myself over the head. It's like, man, there you go, Alex, again. I want to encourage you to trust in the Holy Spirit to lead you. And to, I want to encourage you to be sensitive to what he's saying to you. And I promise you, when you allow that to happen, when you release control, the exchange is peace, is freedom. You can breathe better, but it's up to you and it's up to me to be obedient to what God is saying to us. We're going to stop there. Next week, like I told you earlier, earlier um, we're going to begin a new series called Unshakable. I'm super excited about, about it. Thriving no matter what hits you. Thriving no matter what comes at you. You feel like maybe this huge train has just come and boom, doesn't matter. You can thrive. You can succeed in life. You can show others what a true follower of Christ looks like when, when life is not pretty. And so we're going to study the life of Daniel. We're going to take six, seven weeks, and we're going to be looking at, we're going to do uh, our, um, our church online. Also here, so if, you, if you're not at risk, I want to encourage you to come and join us and be with us. Uh, we're practicing social distancing, doing a bunch of things that we'll let you know about um, soon. But, and we've, we've talked about some of those things, uh, but it'll be at 9.30 and 11, and it's essentially the life of Daniel, and uh, if you've ever felt pressured to make choices that don't line up with your values, if you feel like, man, this world, like it's just the values in my world are drifting, and you and you want to be equipped. You need you and I need to be equipped with the resources to 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 be able to pivot, to be able to change, to be able to hold our standards, but still be able to to navigate. The cult, our, our, our culture that we're in, in this series, Unshakable, we're going to discover how to handle life's most difficult situations and the principles that guided Daniel through life, all the life choices that he had to make, those same principles can still apply to us and we're going to learn from him. If you want to If you want to thrive, maybe you are at work, it's just not a healthy environment and you want to thrive, I encourage you to join us. If you want to succeed when when your boss is asking you to do the impossible, I hope that you would make a commitment for the next six, seven, eight weeks to be here with us. If you want to learn to stand up strong for God, you'll learn that from Daniel. If you want to pray the prayers that God answers, the type of prayers that God answers, I hope you would join us. And so that's coming next week, June 7th. I would hope that you would join us. Invite someone. It's so easy. Just share the link and, uh, and, and let somebody else know. If you feel like God spoke to you this morning, why keep it to yourself? It's just a simple click. A simple click will, you will never know 
how far the word of God will go and reach someone who's discouraged. So I want to challenge you to be the church. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for your love. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for how you love each one of us. God, I pray that you would move in our hearts and that in the days to come, we would look to you, not just as a holy father or as a, as a son who sacrificed it all on the cross or as a spirit who, who leads us and guide us, but God, that we would look to you as a, as a God who's doing whatever it takes to rescue us, to lead us, and to love us. God, may we rely on your spirit even more today. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.